I tell you, wasn't it beautiful to see our children up here this morning? Do y'all think that? I think so too. It, was just, it is just fantastic to see them up front and stretched all the way across like that. And I tell you, they play a beautiful part in our life together. I want to share with you something in addition in regards to children. And you probably know this as well. Do you know children are expensive? Have y'all, y'all figured that out by now? The children are expensive. You know, that the, the USDA figures that to raise a child from the age of, of 0 to 17, and this is, this is before they go to college, you know, so this is kind of pre-college education, to raise a child from 0 to 17 costs $233,610. I don't know where they get the $610 part of it. I hadn't quite figured that out. That's pretty exact. That's kind of the average. And, and I know that we have above average children. So I think we have probably have above average costs as well. You know, that's a part of it, you know. And that's what it costs to raise, uh, you know, the average child. But I want to invite you, you know, part of one of the focus uh, points that we have here in the ministry of Spring Valley is to raise up our children and our youth in faith. And I'll tell you, that has a cost as well. You want to guess what that cost is? Now, you're not going to get the USDA. You're going to get the SVPE. That's the Spring Valley Preacher Estimate. You know, and so, and so but, it, but here's the Spring Valley Preacher Estimate. The Spring Valley Preacher Estimate, 0 to 17, $28,350. $28,350. You know, that's when you start thinking about Sunday schools and about mission trips and about... Um, worship arts camp, and you start thinking about mystery trivia, you know, you start thinking about all the things that our children and youth do from the ages of zero to 17, and all of that ministry, $28,350, just like every one of those children that were up here that we just celebrated, just hang a price tag off of about $30,000, you know, <laughs> I just kind of start thinking about that, you start wrapping your mind around that, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, kind of amazing, but, but here's the thing. And you already know this, that when it comes to our kids, we never count the cost. When it comes to our children, we never count the cost. And the reason we don't count the cost is because our children are priceless. Because our children are precious. Because our children are sacred. Because what happens is that when we see their lives and we know what their lives mean to us as, a, as families, we know what their lives mean to us as a church family, we know that any investment that we make in their lives is an investment well, well worth it. I mean, how can you put a price tag on when a child or a grandchild comes up and we have the privilege of baptizing that child or that grandchild, and particularly if it's your child or your grandchild and you're there in those sacred moments, how can you value that? How can you value when the kids are up front singing and the way it touches your hearts or when your child or grandchild comes up and acolytes and, and lights the candle or when you go home and you're going to have a family prayer and they say, oh, let me, let me do the prayer because I learned the prayer in Sunday school and they, they go ahead and they, and they share a prayer. Or like when they have their Bibles, and there's, I know every time they give Bibles, there's always some kids that are opening up and they're starting to read their new Bibles right now. I tell you, that is a blessing. That is a priceless blessing. Or to have our, children, our youth come and lead us in worship, or to have them grow up and go out on mission 
and begin to share Jesus' love in the life of the world or, or then to have them own that love as the salvation of their souls and to know that you and I had a part in leaving that legacy in their lives, you and I know that is priceless. That's priceless. And I want to celebrate that with you today. Because I think what happens is every good investor sees that that is just an amazing, well, you know, it's amazingly great investment. I mean, when you can invest $28,000 and the return on investment is priceless, y'all going to make that investment? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. We are going to make that investment. <laughs> because that's what we believe in. That's where our heart is. That's what's important to us. We are going to make those kind of investments. The scripture today celebrates that good investors make good investments. That good investors recognize when you get a great rate of return. When you get a great ROI, return on investment. That's the story that Jesus tells. He's, he paints this picture, this parable. He says, well, here's the story, the kingdom of heaven. He says, kind of like this. He says that the master... You know, when we think of God as the master, okay, the master goes ahead. The master gives the servants, uh, uh, gives them uh, talents. And talents was the largest unit of money that was available in the world during that time. And so scholars differ, you know, from five talents to two talents to one talent. They differ, well, how much was that? Some say, well, it was millions. Some say it was hundreds of thousands. It really doesn't matter. The whole point is he gave them a lot. And when he gave them a lot, he gave it to them as a trust. And what they realize is that, hey, this is a trust to trade up. I mean, this is the picture that's going on here. You know, this is the trust. What I'm supposed to do with this is trade up. And, and two of them got the picture. The one with five, the one with two, they got the picture. And so they go out and it didn't really matter how much they got. What, what mattered was that they got the picture. They went out and they traded up. When they traded up, the one says, oh, I got five, I made five. And that's great. One, two, I made two. That's great. That's a hundred. Uh, that's doubling your money. That's 100% return on your money. Y'all up for that? Yes, we are up for that, you know? I mean, that's the that's good about it. God's up for that too, by the way, you know? And so what happens is they come back, they make that presentation, and, and it's, this is good, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And then there's one God didn't get the picture, you know, and what he does is he doesn't see the opportunity, he doesn't see the trust, he doesn't see the opportunity to trade up. And so what he does, he decides to take a different investment strategy and his investment strategy is to bury it in the ground. You know, when you bury your investments in the ground, you and I know the return of, in, of uh, the ROI on that is the same back then as it is today. You put it in the ground, you know, it's, it's zero. <laughs> you know? And so what happens is Jesus paints this picture. And as he paints this picture, as he tells the story, what he's inviting the crowd in his day, and, and the crowd in our day is reading the story, to, to paint ourselves into the picture. To realize that in our lives we have been given a trust. You know? That the material resources in our lives, the financial resources in our lives, they're from God. They're a trust to you and to me. And as a trust, they're there to advance, for me, particular purposes. And, and here's the purposes the way I see it. One of the purposes is to supply for your needs. I mean, I don't think God wants anybody to go hungry or homeless or naked or any of those things. It's to supply for your basic needs. And that's one of the purposes, why God gives us the resources we have. Another of the purposes is to save for your security. 
Because as you look forward and you look down the road, there's going to be some things that, that in your longer-term future are going to be important for you. And so, you know, it's kind of like you, you save for your security. There's also going to be some short-term emergencies. So, so saving is important. So that's a purpose. A, a third purpose is to spend on your wants and on your desires. Because life is too short not to kind of enjoy some of the pleasures of life. And so God gives us resources to enjoy life. And then the fourth purpose is to invest in God's work in the world. To invest in making the world a better place and also investing in God's work in the world is to, is to give our gifts to God in ways that we honor and worship God with our gifts. And so we have these four purposes. And, and as persons, I think, who are presented with, with four purposes, it gives us choices. So we have a choice to make. And as we have a choice to make choices, there are always challenges. And the challenge, basically, is asset allocation. I mean, it's how are you going to balance what goes into which one of the purposes? And you start thinking, well, well how am I going to do that? You know, and, and I want to share with you, friends, it's going to be different for everyone. Because everyone finds themselves at a different place in life. It, you know, and so when you start, and when everybody starts finding yourself at a different place in life, it's not like you can say, well, this is the way that everything needs to balance out for everybody, because it's going to be, it's going to be different for everybody. And so, you know, on one hand, it's, it's different for everyone. But on the same hand, it, it presents all of us, I think, some of the same, um, some of the same issues come forward. And for me, I have, as we kind of face the issues, I have uh, one, uh, I guess, um, suggestion, I guess you might say, one reflection, one suggestion. I guess I'd look at it that way. And the one reflection is this. When you begin to think about how you want to purpose your assets, when you begin to think about how you want to make your allocations, make sure they reflect the priorities of your life. Make sure they reflect what you really believe in. Make sure they reflect that you, know, you want to take care of your family. As Christians, we want to do God's work in the world. And these are things that are, are, are important for us, that are a priority to you. So as you begin to think about things, you know, you say, you know, these are, I want to make sure that money is a tool. And I want to use it as a tool to do the things that I believe are important in my life, are important in the world. And so I'm going to use money that way. And the second, so that's, that's the reflection. Make sure you, you purpose your resources toward your priorities. And the, and the second thing is, is if you're thinking, well, what does that mean like in terms of a balance? And so I'm just gonna kind of share with you, this is the suggestion part, because I've seen people wrestle with this, and this is one balance that, that works for some folks. And, uh, and maybe it will work for you too. It's called the, the 70, it's, it's two simple rules. It's called the 70-30 rule, and the top 30 rule. And the 70-30 rule goes like this. What you do is you take 70% of your income, and out of that 70%, you say, well, golly, this is what we're going to use to supply for my needs and spend for my wants. And so you take that 70%, that goes there. Then you take the 30%, you say, out of the 30%, what I'm going to do is I'm going to divide this 20%, it's going to go to my savings, and 10% is going to go to do God's work. And so you divide the 70 and you divide the 30. And that's how you make the division. And then what you do is after you make the division, the top 30 goes like this. So you take that 30% off the top. 
You do that first, because I'll tell you, if you do it the other way around, it never, <laughs> it's never there. That's how it, it, it vanishes. It's kind of amazing how it disappears. But you, you, take, you take the 30 off the top, and basically what you're saying in that is I'm going to pay God first, I'm going to pay me second, I'm going to pay everybody else after that. <laughs> you know? So you're kind of taking care of things in that particular order. And you may be like me, if you're like me, I'm sitting here right now, my head in this little calculator thing, and I'm kind of whizzing around thinking, I'm like, okay, how does that work in terms of how I'm lining up my own asset allocations and what I do and what's going on in my life? And you, know, and, and you may say, golly, what the preacher's up there talking about is a really drastic reallocation. And I don't want to invite anybody to do anything drastic. <laughs> but what I do want to invite you to do is to reflect. And even as you reflect, what I do want to invite you to do is to say, hey, you know, as I reflect, there are some, there are some ways that I want to, you know, repurpose, that I want to reallocate, even maybe just baby steps, just to kind of get me going in the right direction, just to kind of begin to get me moving in a way that as I move in that direction, I know that I'm eventually going to get there. And to know that as you're doing that, to me, what begins to happen is we begin to resonate with, with what's going on in the scripture in terms of good investors making good investments. Because I do want to share with you, when we invest in the ministry here at Spring Valley, you are making a good investment in terms of the kingdom of God. I just want to assure you that, and we talked about that in relation to our children already, we also make investments in terms of we want to create compelling worship here at Spring Valley. And we say, well, what's compelling worship? And if you were here, it, it celebrates 60. And you saw what that was like, experienced what that was like. That's compelling worship. Or if you're here on Christmas Eve and we light the candles, we hold them up. That's compelling worship. Or an Easter cantata. Or the wonderful voluntaries that John plays. Or the wonderful anthems our choir sings. You know, that's compelling worship. It moves and touches your heart. And I tell you, we invest $246,000 a year together in that purpose. But even as we invest that, we do it because we know the return is priceless. Because indeed, how can you put a price tag in gathering together and reminding ourselves that our lives are founded in the grace of God in Christ? Leona did a beautiful job a couple weeks ago inviting us to think, what would it be like if we didn't have this experience? You say, golly, I need this experience. It's part of how God reminds me that I'm his child. And so we invest in compelling worship. We invest in building bridges of harmony and caring in the world. And we do that by feeding the hungry at Austin Street Shelter, by helping the needy in network ministries here in Richardson, by building homes with Habitat, by teaching on every level, whether it be helping out at Northwood Hills with our Kids Bible Club, or doing uh, Lydia Patterson, or ESL here at the church, or African University, or by sending, we send missionaries to the United Methodist Church, five continents, 61 countries. And you begin to see that that bridges out and spreads Christ's grace and gospel throughout the world, and that's part of what you invest in. And we invest $51,000 in that, plus the over and above gifts that you so generously offer. And I want to tell you, friends, that's a good investment. Because how can you put a price tag when you reach out a helping hand, when you bring hope into a human heart? How can you value that? And our fourth emphasis is growing up 
going deeper in discipleship. Where we seek to be more and more like Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. Begin to learn his word, to take it into our hearts and lives in ways that his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path that molds us. And we have the opportunity to do that. Sunday schools and midweek Bible studies and our covenant groups and our devotionals. We have online devotionals daily. We have seasonal devotionals that, that we have used during Advent and Easter. And we do that together as a congregation. And we do all these things because we know that John Wesley said to have faith is to have faith that's alive with knowledge and with vital piety. And so we make those investments. Those are good investments. And you and I this week are going to have the opportunity to, I think, be good investors. Here's what I want to invite you to do. You're going to receive in the mail this week an estimate of giving card. And I hope as you receive the card in the mail that you'll begin to look at that as an opportunity, an opportunity to look at the trust God has given to you and to begin to think, what I want to do is I want to trade up. What I want to do is I want to look at the opportunities that are all around me to take the material resources that God has given to me to begin to invest them in the purposes, as you see the purposes that are important for you, and to know that the ministry of Christ in Spring Valley is important for you, to invest them in those purposes in ways that begin to reap eternal returns. And I've talked about those returns. I want you to reflect on that. I want you to reflect on that allocation that, that you choose that's right for you, that reflects the priority of your life. And now what I want to invite you to do is next Sunday to come and to bring this to worship. And together what we're going to do is present our, our uh, estimates in worship. Because it is an act of worship. Because what happens is we're taking, you're taking what's important for you. And you're going to, we're going to do this together. And we're going to say, Lord, this is for your ministry. It's to empower, to enable the ministry of Jesus Christ here at Spring Valley. And so we do that next week together as a congregation to make ministry go forward in 2018 and what a blessing that will be as we share in that experience next week. I want to close up with one final thought that comes out of the scripture this morning. Because you see, the way the scripture to me, uh, the way that, that I love to see that scripture ending is that when those servants come and they, they see the good investment, they make the good investment, they enter into a joy. They enter into a joy which the scripture this morning calls the joy of the master. And what happens is they say, they bring their, their gifts. And as they bring their gifts, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in the lesser things. And I want to tell you, friends, the lesser things in the kingdom of God are the material things, are the financial things. In, in the economy of God, those are the lesser, lesser things. He says, I want you then to enter into the richness of the eternal things. The priceless things, the sacred things, the things in our lives that you and I know really matter. I want you to enter into that richness. Enter in to the joy of your master. It's God's joy. It's our joy. I want to pray that blessing for you and for me as we come into these moments together this next week, and in all the weeks to come as we give our heart and our love, our gifts, our lives to Jesus Christ.